It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 at the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Jonathan Casillas with you. The phone number, 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter if you want to get in touch with us that way. You certainly can. Say hi to John on video for the first time, by the way. <laughs> hey, man, I've been I've been asking about it. They I said I had a face for radio, but now that proves otherwise. They got the camera on us, bro. Welcome to the crew. Yes, sir. The face for radio crew. <laughs> <laughs> so give us a call, folks. We don't have a call screener today. Our buddy Pearson's still out six. We'll be taking your calls uh, raw. So call in. I'll put you on hold. You hold the click. We'll bring you on. It'll work. Just tell us who you are when, when, when we pick you up. And obviously, Jonathan, a huge game against the Eagles this week for the Giants. I'm not going to call it the most important game of the year. I'm not going to call it essential because that we're saving those words for the game against Washington right. the following week on Sunday Night Football. But I'll call this a barometer game. I will not hesitate to say I believe that the Eagles are the best team in the National Football League. You look at them, they're balanced offensively and defensively. I struggle to find a real weakness on this roster, to be quite honest with you. And the Giants are going to come have to come out and play the best football game they have played all year to walk out of this game with a victory. To walk out the game and not get blown out, I think they have to do that. I think if they don't come with their A game, it's going to be bad for the Giants. They just can't match up with the team this talented and this deep. That's the thing. Every single team in the NFL is talented. Every single one has NFL players. First-round draft pick, undrafted free agents, right? The depth right the giants are suffering from attrition right now big time yep just the backup backups are being hurt for the giants right and i don't really know too many people on the philadelphia eagles injury list you know i don't know who they started the season with they don't have now because they still got a whole bunch of dogs yeah, right the, now running the around one guy they've lost is chauncey gardner johnson Right. Safety from the who they got Who's from the Saints the league in the offseason. In, in he's got six yep. picks, lacerated kidney. Like, ooh, that's interesting. Not great. He's Sounds on IR. Painful. Yeah, not good. Um, internal bleeding. Never. never and and never he's only the third corner. He's the third corner. Yeah, they using they were using him more as a safety. To be honest with you, right, right. But yeah. he's he's a he guy. Play the slot too, though. He You're came right. in the middle of the season, and then he had a tremendous uh, statistical year mm-hmm. so far, leading the league in those few weeks that he played in interceptions. And he, for me, he, they brought him as corner or whatever. He's the third corner. They got James Bradbury, who I felt was one of the better players for the New York Giants over the last few years, and he's playing lights out. And you got Slay over there playing lights out. Like, look, man, the, defensively, you could just go down a list of guys. They got a couple guys with over five sacks, two guys with over eight sacks. Four with over five sacks. Right, several. <laughs> Sorry, I said a couple. <laughs> several. several. I used the yes. wrong word. Several guys over. And then when the, the linebackers, has, has, I think he has three sacks, TJ Edwards. Like, they have a whole bunch of guys that are getting to the quarterback. They are second in the NFL behind the Cowboys. And we know how good the Cowboys are. We got 40, 42 already. total sacks for the Eagles. By yeah, they're averaging yep. a little less than four sacks a game. Yeah, like, they're good. Bro, that's, yeah, and that's diff- defense. Let's not even get started with their offense. Yeah, bro. I, I want to get to their offense in a second. Look, I'm, I'm making people no, fumble. that was me. I did. It's okay. <laughs> ah, screw it. I'm going to hold the football instead. How about that? Go. So, you mentioned it, and you want to talk about depth, Jonathan, because I think you hit it on the head. 
the multiple guys with all the sacks, right? Josh Sweat, six and a half. Nobody talks about him. Brandon Graham, the old veteran, five and a half sacks. Uh, Javon Hargrave leads him, or second with eight. Hassan Reddick leads him with nine. And if you were to pinpoint one weakness for this team during the year, you would say, you know what? Maybe you could run the ball on these guys. Okay? So what do the Eagles do to try to combat that? All right. Well, we're going to go sign Adam Kinsu, who is one of the best defensive tackles of the generation. We're going to go sign Linval Joseph, who is one of the best run stuffers of the last 10 years. And we're going to bring back Jordan Davis, our 380-pound unmovable object in the middle, to back up. Those are the backups for Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, who has nine sacks. I mean, it's those five guys in one position, and then talk about you know the Brandon Graham's their third pass rusher. He's he you know he he could be a, theoretically almost be a Hall of Fame type of player. Yeah. He's their third guy. You mentioned the two corners, and the one issue they had, the run defense has been plugged. They addressed it. So yeah. I mean, the linebackers they're not super impressive, I guess. You know, the safeties, I guess. But holy cow, man, like. What do you attack? If you're an offense and you see this defense, what's your game plan to attack them if you can't run the ball? I, dude, the last three weeks, they played Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, and Derrick Henry, and neither n- none of those teams rushed for more than 110 yards. Yeah, man, this is uh, this is a scary team, and I think I've been saying this since the beginning of the season about the, the Eagles, and, and even the Cowboys, too. The Cowboys are dangerous, but the Eagles are better, you know, and that's just what it is. They're, they're so talented all over the board, and then and then you got a quarterback who's doing everything that he needs to do for his team. Yeah, let's against, talk offense. Go ahead. Please. Right, so, so against Green Bay, he didn't have a great day throwing the ball, and what did he do? He rushed for like 150, 160 yards, yep. right? And last week, he didn't really rush the ball that much against Tennessee, but he killed him on, on, in the air. You know, he's just doing everything he can. And I watched the interview uh, that Dayball had. I, I just had lunch with Dayball. That conversation is going to stay between me and him. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to have more conversations in the future. Coach speak out of Casillas <laughs> here. I like it. All right, good. But I'm going off of what he said earlier about Jalen Hurts. He was asked about him. These are the, the words that he said. Tremendous person. Highly competitive. Winner. Leader. Can galvanize a locker room. Mentally tough. Great teammate doesn't get rattled. And he's improved as a passer. Like, you look at him last year, Jonathan, he had some, like, six, seven straight games at the end of the year where he didn't even eclipse 200 yards. Now, adding A.J. Brown's a big part of that, right? Mm -hmm. Now's a good time to get into the wide receiver conversation here, right? So, you know, he's a guy that has come out and really taken a step forward as a passer. 68% completion percentage. And he's not a dump-down guy. No, He's averaging eight yards per attempt. He's, like, 14th in average at average depth of target. Yep. So he's throwing it downfield. And look, is he Aaron Rodgers in his prime or Tom Brady in his prime in terms of accuracy and passing acumen? No. Well, but what year is he in? He Exactly. He's, is this three for him? Yes. He's more <laughs> than – he's better than average. And you throw combine that with his running ability? I mean – this guy is but like, then but then the intangibles that right. Dayball hit on. Go ahead, on, please. The yeah. intangibles that Dayball hit on galvanize a team. When I heard that from Dayball, I said, Oh, you really like that guy. I mean, he was with him in Alabama. He saw and and look, Jalen Hurts went through the most public benching ever, probably, in in college. Right. When he got benched in a national championship, and then you know, Tua man came in and, and did what Tua does. But then look what he did after. Look how he responded. He came back, transferred, and came back and like replicated what he did in another school. Like the guy is a winner. He's a dangerous 
both off, uh, both throwing the ball and running the ball. He runs like a running back. And just like Lamar Jackson, it doesn't look like he absorbs a lot of blows. He delivers some blows. He's so powerful. That's yes. the one thing Wink talked about him today as a runner. You know, everyone's seen that viral video at Alabama when he squatted yep. like six, what are, 600 pounds. My back pounds hurting right now thinking Dude, about that. Bro. Whatever it was, was some ridiculous <laughs> amount. And he's just, he's got... He's got a trunk. That guy's got yeah. a trunk from his hips down. That dude is thick. And he, and he knows how to use his body. He knows how to preserve his body. Like, he doesn't take unnecessary shots unless he has to, unless he's fighting for a first down, unless it's third down and he has to go get it. And then, of course, if he takes a sack. But even that, they don't look violent against him. Sometimes when quarterbacks get hit and they get sacked, it looks like they get hit violently. But I think that's because he's such a thick, Big guy, especially lower body wise, and he's so powerful that he can kind of resist against a 350 pound guy. Yeah. Mm. And then the scary thing is the offensive line is so good. He's got a year <laughs> and a day back there to throw the ball to these great wide receivers or decide to pull it and run. You know, which is equally as dangerous. They don't have a weak link on that offensive line, they're all good players. And now you talk about trying to cover these guys outside. Dory Jackson's not going to be back this week. So you're still running out Fabian Moreau and Nick McLeod and uh, Zion Gilbert. And those guys did a really solid job last week. They did their best. They played well. They played hard. Give them credit. Yeah, a whole different role now with A.J. Brown and Devonta yeah, Smith. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. And then, like you, like you said, the quarterback. And the reason why I say the quarterback in terms of these receivers, because last week if you watch A.J. Brown, he had a touchdown by himself because he basically did a second route after the scramble, and then the corner, it's, hard, it's so hard to cover, and in the, the matter of fact, it was like, a, I think it was a penalty they called on the corner. It, it wasn't a touchdown, it was a penalty that they called on the corner. But because the corner had to cover for like five, six, seven seconds. And that's the thing with the Giants. The Giants have put, besides last game, they haven't put a lot of sacks. They haven't put a lot of sacks in the, rec, in the, in the stat sheet. And this is the game where the Giants need to do it. And I'm talking about need to stay alive. I'm talking about need not to get blown out because this is how talented this team is. Washington beat them. Washington took away A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown only had one catch that game, right? They also created some turnovers. That was the big one. Right. Mm -hmm. the, the the Eagles are what, plus 137? Plus, what are they? I believe, they're, 25 I believe, they're, plus, I believe plus, they're plus 12. Plus 12? I believe they're plus I was 12. exaggerating, but I know it was a lot. You know, and I, Are they still number one in the league? Yes, they are. So, for me, my years, my nine years playing ball, plus thirteen. Post, sorry, post post ball, and then and then and then post ball. Plus thirteen, Jonathan. Twenty three takeaways to lead the league. Just ten. Okay, so twenty three takeaways. So I know I had that number somewhere. No, close. you're you're in there. My, my this is this is for me. My knowledge of ball that turnover, the takeaway turnover margin has always been the number one stat of wins and losses. Right, most good teams are usually better in terms of taking the ball away. The bad teams are usually on the other side of that. And now you have your anomalies where, you know, some guys are just, you know, not good running the ball or not good passing the ball or elite passing the ball, but they give the ball away a lot. You know, I think uh, Drew Brees probably been in that conversation at one point when he threw a lot of interceptions one year. But th the teams that protect the ball – and the teams that take away the ball on a higher rate than they give away the ball are the teams who have success, and there's no one doing it better than them. The Giants, in order for them to have some success, the Giants have to take away the ball at least four times. At least four times. You're on four on me. At least four. And I'm, and then they can win maybe 
Uh, I mean, excuse me, uh, uh, four two four or two. whatever, right? So you know, something I like say, that. I would say minimum plus two. Right, plus two. I'm thinking they got to take the ball away four times. Because you think they're going to give it away at least once. Once or twice. So okay. that's that's my thing, you know, and, and I think that's the only real chance that the Giants have. And there's no slight on the Giants, but let's be real. When you look at the injury report, you got a page full for the New York Giants, and it's like two or three people for the Eagles. You know what I mean? Like it's And, and these are backups that are hurt, that are replacing guys that have been hurt for, for a while. So just on attrition alone, the Giants really have no chance this game unless they play lights out, which they can do. They have the guys on this roster, especially along that defensive line. I was so impressed by Aziz Arjelari. I'm always thinking like, man, when the guys come back off an of injury, got a rep count, got a pitch count. I got two words for you, dude. Fresh legs. Fresh, hey, fresh <laughs> legs. They played him a lot. He was surprised by how much he played, and he looked explosive. He looked great. And that is only going to help him, use that word again, galvanize other guys on the defensive line and guys behind him to play up to how he's playing. Because when you come in like that, and people are probably calling him fresh legs, fresh legs, but he looked great. And when you can dominate up front, that's when you start changing the game. And the Giants are capable of doing that. They have the defensive linemen to do such a thing. My only thing I worry about big time is on the back end. Can they hold up against this talented receiving core and this quarterback who can extend plays? Yeah, this is going to be the Giants' biggest challenge in terms of covering in the back end. This might be the best pair of wide receivers the Giants are going to play all year. You know, they'll get Justin Jefferson in a couple weeks. He might be the best Cowboys ain't that individual. far off now. CD and Gallup. I'm not, I, I think Devontae is probably a little bit, frankly, I think Devontae is probably a little bit better than Gallup and AJ and CD, I guess, are close. Yeah, 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 I got you. Yeah. And I think also, this is the big, you know, the Giants, one thing they've done a great job defensively this year, Jonathan, they haven't given up a lot of plays over the top. They've given up some catch and runs, missed tackles, things like that. But they haven't been over the top. That's what A.J. Brown does. Yep. He is strong. You know, Fabian Moreau likes to get fit. That's going to be a fun matchup this week, I think. Moreau and Brown, because Moreau is a physical corner. He likes to try to get physical. A.J. Brown loves that. You know how last week. He's a I, big dude, bro. I thought it should have been defensive pass interference. You know, Darius Lane kind of got forced out of bounds yep. on that right sideline after he had the drop on the one down the left seam. And, yes, I think that should have been pass interference. Not the point I'm trying to make. Like, you can't do that to A.J. Brown. No. You try to force him out of bounds and be physical. He's not going nowhere. <laughs> Yo, he's going to move your rear end towards the middle he's of the not field. Going nowhere. So that's, that's why play strength as a wide receiver can be underrated. You can't move them around when they get into that secondary. Yeah, and, and when I think about uh, on the back end and what they're doing and Wink's plan for these games, look, I, I like Wink and I love what he was doing, especially early in the season. But as of right now, I just don't think the Giants have enough enough depth on the back end to do what he's asking them to do. Because I think he it, he's a blitzer. He's a heavy blitzer. And when offenses know that the defense is going to blitz, they're told to get the ball out quickly. And that means those guys got to hold up for at least two, three, four seconds now, even. I do like the idea that you're going to try to take away some of that time from Hurts and then maybe some of the rushing lanes too. And maybe, you know, we've seen other teams try to do it another way. It hasn't worked. Maybe bringing extra guys will be effective. I don't know. I'm not sure if there's a good answer. To yeah, be I, I don't know either. Like I said, because I just don't know on the back end. 
if they're going to be able to cover. You better get there quick. <laughs> you know, quick. Because at the end of the day, the ball is going to have to come out quick. It's not a long cover, but it's more of a, a intent in it, intent cover, like early on in the down. Right, and you have to be right on early and down because the ball is coming out early, and I think that's what we've seen on a lot of third and downs in Dallas, and that's what we've seen, you know, kind of week to week, and you just don't have the guys to hold up against these talented wide receivers, man. Slants, crossers, back shoulder fades. When they blitz, mm-hmm. those are the three things they're going to they try to alive. run: the shallow cross, Brown on the slant, or Devontae Smith on the slant, or even just a quick go over the top for Smith because he's fast if he gets off the line quick, and then AJ Brown. He's just going to run. He's going to body your corner up. He's going to throw it to him. He's going to beat him over the top. Or if the you know cornerback has the right leverage and he's over the top on him, they'll just back shoulder it. So yeah, but those look. are the passes you're going to see against. Look, that, and that's what's scary. <laughs> you know, we, we always talk with the Giants, right? What's their answer when teams take away what they're trying to do? The Eagles have so many. We even so talk about their things. running game. Yep, so many things, right? Miles Sanders, baller, balling right now. Over five yards of catch, like it, it's when you when like you watch them all year because you know we I guess they're kind of local too, so you see them oh, sure. on TV all the time. Not like the Raiders, right? We don't see Raiders games out here. We don't see Chargers games out here. But you get the Philly games, man, and you know you get the numbers, you get the stats. But when you turn them on, they pass the eyeball test too. Like they look like as dominant as the numbers say. They look as sexy as they the, the record is. You know, having one loss at almost towards the end of the season, that's sexy. That's just, that's sexy right there. You dance because of that. You know, and, and, and this is a tough team. But look, I'm not counting the Giants out. Definitely not. I think every chance, every team has a chance to beat any team any week. You know, especially if you come out firing and if you come out and doing what you're supposed to do and you take away what they want to do, which is a lot of different things that they could possibly do. But I saw the, the the success that Washington had, and I think you can start with trying to take AJ Brown out, Brown at the game. There, look that that's the path to victory, right? Mm-hmm. It's figure out a way to run the ball, take the football away, and don't let AJ Brown blow up the game. Yeah, which he's very capable oh, of yeah. doing. Very capable of doing. The guy's talented, and then with a quarterback that's gonna extend plays like that on a consistent basis, and he's already efficient enough in the pocket. To, so this is this is a very scary game for me. Uh, here's how I'll put it, and this is maybe the best way that I can summarize it, and then we'll get to your calls here at 201-939-4513. We have an entire uh, bank full of calls. We appreciate you guys getting on the line and talking to us. The Giants need to play against the Eagles for four quarters the way they played against Dallas on Thanksgiving for two quarters. Yeah, yep. They need to bring that ability that, that they half. brought in that first half mm-hmm. against Dallas with the two takeaways, three if you count the turnover on downs, right. and bring that for, for four, four quarters, quarters against Philly. That'll, that's that's what you have to do. Got to put them at four takeaways, like I said. I'm just saying. Just All right. saying. Let's do it. 201-939-4513. Folks, don't forget to go subscribe to the Giants Huddle Podcast. The podcast features a rapid reaction right after each game with one of our former Giants, an episode midweek with an interview with a national analyst. This week, it's actually a special episode I'll tell you about in a second. Then we have our Friday podcast as a game preview. Papa with Dable. This week, I'm talking to Nick Gates, who's going to get a second start at left guard. Really good story. That's going to be a good interview. I'm doing that later today. And then we're going to have an opponent preview this week. It's Dave Spadaro, who covers the Eagles for PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And folks, this week, instead of doing our national analyst midweek interview, on Wednesday, Tom Coughlin just came out with a new book called The Giant Win about the Giants' 2007 Super Bowl. He was here. He was in the building. And we sat down in our studio, him, and Eli Manning, and they just talked for 35 minutes about the season. How did that go? 
it was do we have that i think it's maybe the favorite my favorite podcast that i've produced here oh like is it is it up because i want to see it i go, like to watch it go to the giant subtle podcast the audio is up we're still doing some editing on the video yeah. that should be up later today but if you go to the giant subtle podcast feed on your ride home jonathan yeah check it, it up, out yeah yeah, it, yeah. it is a great conversation they have great stories you just see how excited coach and the coach is going through a hard time. He lost his wife, Judy, um, which, you know, condolences to the Coughlin family. She was a saint, just a wonderful lady. Had to be to put up with Tom for all those years, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, just to see him get so excited and just get so into it and Eli just talking back and forth. For someone that was there and I was with the Giants in 07, that was my first year. It For me, it was awesome. And I think all you Giant fans out there, especially guys that, you know, remember 2007, Best 30, 35 minutes. Best 35 minutes of content I think we've put out in, in years wow. here. I thought it was it was, it was wonderful. I'm definitely going to check it out. I like watching the Giants stuff in general, you know, of course, because I'm talking about them a lot. So I like to see what Dayball says. I like to see what the player says. Mm-hmm. Wing, Kafka, all those guys, you, Dettino, all that. I don't like watching myself too much for some <laughs> reason. I'll be looking at myself like, you look so stupid. You look stupid. Why you look? Why are you making that face? That's me. I'm a little critical on myself. Hey, you but have to be though. For man. me, I love watching like the Eli stuff. I just watch the stuff with Pete Davidson. Like, yeah. What is first of all? What is Eli doing? Is he just I, trying I, to go I, viral? What's going on with Eli? Now, I, I I did not watch the Pete Davidson thing. You know, whatever. <laughs> no, no. He got a rap video. Yeah, I know. He's, he's doing a lot of stuff. Eli, it's funny. Like if you would have told me in 2016 when you were here, right? Yeah, yeah. And Eli was the quarterback. That he'd be Monday Night Football analyst with his brother Peyton. He'd be interviewing celebrities on like a basically a Giants digital talk show. Right. And God, what's the other? He's doing he had a rap video too. with yeah. Fabio, who is the most like famous rapper in New York right now, in the studio with a Fendi with a. a I would I would have said you were crazy. Chain. I thought Eli was gonna be one of those guys that was gonna recede and be like Family Guy yeah, and yeah. maybe do some stuff for us, but. And oh, and he does the Eli's places thing for ESPN too yeah. on ESPN Plus. <laughs> so I mean, the, good God bless him. He's good for him. We love Eli, don't we? We love Eli. And don't I we? see him on one more Caesars commercial. Like, I know he's on TV every other commercial, right, every it's single crazy. time. Anyway, two zero one nine three nine four five one three two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Let's get to it and start off with our first caller. Remember, callers, we don't have a screener today, so you're on hold. You're going to hear a click like this. Then I'm going to say, hey, caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? And then you're going to answer. Jake Lamazo. Jake, where are you calling from, pal? What do you want to say, man? Hey, uh, hey guys, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you loud and clear, Jake. What do you want to say? Hey, guys. Hey, I just want to say I'm a big Giants fan. Blessed to be on the show. First timer, actually. Thank you for having me on the show. I just have a couple of questions about what you guys are talking about. Fire away. Um, So... First things first, about what the receiver thing situation going on with the Giants. Um, you guys any idea on what the update of OBJ is? What's the update on that? Have you heard of what he's doing or any teams that are signing him with Jake, the Giants? Per you know, se? I'm happy you brought that up because I was going to bring this up. And, it, and I'm just going to pat John on the shoulder. I'm going to pat me on the shoulder because Michael Parsons came out, had a media availability yesterday, and he said, oh, I talked to Odell. He said he's going to be ready in about five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but even so, I'm just going to say when we told you, let's not get too upset about this because we don't know when he's going to be ready to play. There you go. Yeah, and then wasn't that the doctors from the Cowboys said that he's not good? Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't see that. 
Or I maybe see that. Well, yeah, like, sometimes has, I get a little inside information. And I don't know if it's public information. Sometimes. <laughs> there's I'm just saying that the Cowboys thing they were concerned about OBJ's action on the plane. That I heard of that was kind of concerning. But hey, know. look, hey, trust me, Jake. I, Jerry Jones seen enough stuff. The plane thing ain't stopping the Cowboys. No, yeah, <laughs> the no, that's not the, the plane. His At the knee, end of the day, right, his knee is his everything. Knee is everything. The, anybody that brings Odell Beckham Jr. in, they need him to play now. That's why they would bring him in. And by the way, and if he's not ready well, to go now. This is the perfect time to bring him in now because that's, he, he's, a, he's a deep threat. Right, like, but, they need a receiver. Yeah, but and Jake, I here's. Some guys not getting any reception runs, but, you know. No, look, look if, if you're getting the true Odell, yeah. Yeah. But he's not even working out for teams. Like, right. you don't know what you're getting. You don't know. And, and Howard made this point on Tuesday, and since he's not here, I'll echo it because I agree with him. If you're Odell, I understand you want to come back and play and try to win another Super Bowl and all that stuff. Wouldn't you rather make sure you're really, really healthy yep. and go on like yeah, a free agency true. tour in yeah. March, work out for everybody, then maybe you can get a more legitimate long-term contract. No team five weeks away from you being healthy enough to play is paying you a significant long-term contract today. Right. It's, it's just it's not a good deal I've for him right now. I've never seen that happen, mm-hmm. and it's not going to happen now. So that's how I look at it. I think Jacob, quite, Jake, quite honestly... This is going to take some time. Yeah. Because if he's not going to be ready for five weeks, why are teams going to spend money on him now? No. Spend money on him in three weeks, have him in the building for two weeks to learn the system, and then you go. So I right. think this is going to be a big waiting game, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Especially because he's not working now. I think that's the main thing. Right. Because when you come off an injury, like, in, and you are doing a free agency tour or you're visiting teams, teams want to make sure you're healthy right away. Yeah. If you don't work out, that means you're not healthy. It may not mean that, but that's what it means to them. You know, we always we were joking last week, I think, right? Like, who 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 like to put out workout videos more than Odell Beckham Jr. in the offseason? <laughs> Have haven't you, seen it. Have you seen one? Haven't seen it. That and that that to me, <laughs> and someone from the outside in, and the just kind of knowing not knowing anything, that to me was always a red flag. Mm. If he was looking great in workouts. That would have been on Instagram so fast, you wouldn't even be able to click on the damn thing. Yeah. But we haven't seen any of that. Yeah, yeah. So that that that's what always kind of made me nervous about it, Jacob. What's your second point? So I have a couple of little questions. Sorry to No, you're but, good, man. Um, so you're saying that the best way to have OJ healthy and have him, if they ever sign the Giants is to wait by the end of the season or offseason is the best time to sign them, correct? Or well, I mean, is there a different scenario it's, to that? It's based on the reporting that's out there. He's basically said he's not going to be ready in the regular season. Yeah, but let me, Jake, I'm going I'm to say this. Again, Go ahead, John, on, I don't think we had the cameras on us. I don't know if I said this to a camera before. Odell Beckham Jr. is not coming to New York. He's not. Never. Again. You, you, think, really, you don't think so? No, I don't think so. The reason why, because when you look at, and I, and I know Odell, I know how he is. And by the way, if I was to place a wager, I, I would also man, wager on that. My favorite player. Right. Everything that one-handed catch, that's my favorite player. No, I agree. Yo, he's my favorite player. The guy <laughs> came so to my talented. daughter's birthday party that's dressed up as Spider-Man. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I love he's Odell, and I, and I think he's a tremendous talent. I watched him because I watch old clips of me, you know, when I was playing, and I was watching the Baltimore game from 2016 when I had the huge fourth down stop. But do you remember how Odell ended the game? The slant, right? Oh my gosh, bro! <laughs> and he had another play earlier that game. Yep. And I used to go to like, let's say we played in Tampa, and I was talking to Jonathan Banks and whoever other the DBs were down there, and they came, "Oh, what's up, JC?" And I'm talking to him before the game, and I was like, "What y'all playing for 13?" 
They was like, what? I said, because he about to kill y'all, boy. Because he was that good. He was that good that I be, I be like, I used to brag about him to the other DBs or safeties or linebackers that I knew on other teams. Like, I hope y'all got a plan for 13 because he is something special. Because I really do think he's like that. Yes, he's lost a step. He's had some surgeries. I still think he's a tremendous athlete, tremendous talent. Is he that number one guy that's taking the top of the defense? Probably not. Great possession receiver, which he showed last year. Yeah, because to me, he even lost a step, Jonathan, after he broke his ankle here. Yes. I don't think he was ever the same after that. No. And I don't know what the two knees have done to him since then. So Right. But listen, this right. is how I think about Odell. But look, he can still get open. He's, he's still He's really not good. the 80 yards uh, slant to the crib anymore. But he's become a possession wide receiver with very, very short hands, mm -hmm. with a wide wingspan, who has the knowledge of defenses to run routes and get open. That's what we saw for, for him from the Rams. He doesn't have to be as explosive as he used to be, but he needs to be smart, which he is. Mm -hmm. He's a savvy veteran now. He was a young rookie, uh, excuse me, young second, third year guy when I was here in New York, and he was still one of the most talented receivers in the league, and he was also smart. So I love Odell. I just don't think when he looks at the Giants, he looks at this place with this offense and the potential of him actually having some type of success. I just don't think he sees this as a place for him. And if you look at other teams, especially Dallas, with the star power and literally the star of the side of the helmet and the lineage of wide receivers, Dak kind of pushed the ball down the field on a consistent basis. Their overall wins and losses. You know what I mean? Like there's so many things that point to the Cowboys and other teams over the Giants, not just the Cowboys, but other teams over the Giants. Right, I understand. Makes sense. And I have one more question. Sorry to break um, your heart, Jake. So, I apologize. <laughs> uh, you're okay. I love this conversation. It's so entertaining. <laughs> so, preparing for the game in versus Philly, right? I don't know if you heard. I, I heard on Brian DeBose's plan, game changing, like, you know, let's say turn to a different page or something like that. What do you, what do you mean by that? Like what? What's his game plan versus the Philly Eagles? Like you know, Brian did both things. Oh, turn Eagles. the page. Turn the yeah. page. Yeah, no, Jake, I appreciate the I comment. Thanks a lot. One. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I think he's just meaning move on from Washington, from Washington. move on to the next thing. Yeah, and look, right. every week you try to figure out something new. But look, we know what the formula is for the Giants. And I'm going to repeat myself for the third time on the shows this week because it's a new co-host and I can say it to you now. The idea that this is the game where you like open the offense up and throw it 40 times. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He doesn't even go. It, it's the dumbest <laughs> thing I ever heard. Like, if you want to do that against like, you want to do that against like Detroit three weeks ago with their defense. Right. All right, cool. Yeah. I buy that. You want to do that against Minnesota Houston? on Christmas Eve because they've Struggle defensively this year? All right, cool. You want to throw 40 times against Darius Slay, James Bradbury, and that pass rush? Good luck to you. Buena suerte. <laughs> look. <laughs> That's um, good luck in Spanish, the, by the, the way. Look, this is, this is what I think the Giants' recipe is and was. The Giants, I felt like when they came back from the bye, they had a physical mindset about them like, hey, we're a dominant rushing team we have a great defense that can get us into good positions that can stop offenses limit deep plays good in the red zone and we're a, a running football team so they ran the ball 47 times Saquon got 35 carries after that haven't really seen too much from the running game yep. I don't know the numbers per se I know they're down Big time, especially right. just from that game. And especially explosive plays. Like right. Saquon's not breaking those 20, 30, 40 yarders anymore. See, but this is my thing. Has he had 20 carries since then? 
Let me look up his game. Check that. I, check that. I know he had 11 against Dallas. I don't know how many he had last week. 16 but last week. This I is think. my thing. I, I, and I think. I think Vilma said this to you he last he week. Yeah, he did. He said the same thing so, I John, said. here it is. He had 31 against, we well, only since Houston, right? So against Houston, he had 35 since then, 15, 11, and 18. Okay, exactly. So I'm right. This is my thing. We saw what he's all about with the 35 carries. We knew what he was built for the beginning of the year. Now it's like, okay, can he get the slow drip? Can he get the slow, give him 35 carries and see what happens at the end of the game? And I think he proved that. He showed that he's an explosive running back. That hasn't, that hasn't slowed down at all. Why won't we force feed him? Like, why don't we give him thirty carries in a losing effort? Well, I think you know what I mean. I think score something to do with that. You went down I to Detroit hear you. and I you're hear down. You. you went down two scores to Dallas late. I think that's part of it. And frankly, against Washington, he had seven carries in the second half. He ran for three yards. Yeah, so I think they no. were just trying to find something that worked. I hear you. I think you know it. Like when people think about like numbers, right? They look at individual stats, like rushing stats, but that's not an individual stat. No, that it's is not. a team stat. Correct. And it has a lot to do with how your offense is opening up, right? Because if the guys, if defenses that are good defenses put eight to nine guys in the box, I'm sorry, that defense is probably going to dominate the run game. That's just it. The only way to soften this defense up is to get deep and get behind them. And they did try that with they Slate did, three but, times last week. But, but you I need want more. more. You need more. <laughs> need more. I want more, and I want real two to three catches not just one catch yeah. mm-hmm. a game with well, two three attempts you should have had I want six right, you right, right. Had six but that's the point that i'm trying to make by the way like, on that play jonathan slayton's just got to run under that thing yes, right and not man. turn around okay, yes that's what I yes okay. he's a look i like slayton i think he's a big play type of guy no, he's he been doesn't great this year. really scare defenses but that's the reason why Stuff like that. If he's making contested throws every single time, contested catches every single time. There was a pass, I think Daniel Jones threw the ball behind him in the middle of the field. Not a great throw, but A.J. Brown would have made that catch. I hear you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, I and that's why A.J. Brown scares you because he can make all the good deep threat, uh, deep throw catches because Jalen Hurts going to throw it. Jalen Hurts going to throw the ball downfield. He's going to make that catch. He's also going to make the catch that's a little bit behind him. He's going to make the catch that's a little bit short. And, like, that's the thing. I feel like the Giants are not playing above they're supposed to, which when you're shorthanded, you have to do that. And I think the guy that can do it but he's not given an opportunity to is Saquon. He's the best guy on the field. So you just want to just give it to him and hope he breaks In one. different no, ways, I though. I get you. No, I hear you. Not just hand the ball off with two running backs. They ran uh, – Four draw plays on that last drive of halftime, right before excuse me, right before halftime. And that was the one he had the most success, by the and, way. And the reason why is because you use what they had, the Washington Commanders, you use their strength against them. They knew it's two minute. Oh, the Giants are gonna pass the ball. So Get what did the D tackles do? They Get opened up, they got wider. And they rushed up the field. So they ran draw four times. I didn't like the last two draws that were called. <laughs> but the first two, I was like, draw again. Yes. Right in a row. Cool. Then they ran it again. I was like, all right. Okay. <laughs> then they ran the fourth time. I was like, okay. Too many draws, guys. Like, too many draws. You're not going to keep fooling them. By the way, he almost had, I think he had half his rushing output in the game and just that, on that drive. drive. That's correct. But the, yes. the point I'm telling you about that drive is because it's not, it's, it's, they surprised them. Mm-hmm. The thing is, if you can if you can surprise a team for four quarters, you keep them on their heels, right? And you mix it up in different ways, and you sometimes give them the jet sweep when he's motioning. Sometimes you fake it to him. Like there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. It's a strategic thing, and then it's also a reactive thing. 
you go proactive first and what we're going to do and then you see how the, the Eagles are playing you and then you put in plays as the game goes on to counter off what they're doing. Look, that's simple when I say it. It's simple. It's simple when I say it here in front of – it's a lot harder during the game. So I know I'm asking a lot. But the play calling have to save the Giants from getting their butts kicked from a much talented and deeper team. Yeah, and just want to get back to one thing you said, and then I'll, I'll get to the next caller. You're coming off. Don't worry. You talk about the run game, and I've tried to make this point where people have called up, why is the run game slowing down? You know, they're not blocking as much as Saquon wearing down. And I say, guys, the run game is a numbers game. If the defense wants to stop the run and put guys up there to stop it, you're going to stop it. Yeah. Now, can they? Can the other team burn you for doing that? And the Giants have not been able to burn right. teams for doing that. Right. Right or wrong? No, that's it. That's okay. it right there. That's what I thought. And that's, that's why when people look at the Giants, they say they can stack up the box. Yeah. They say we can shut down Saquon because they can put the numbers in there. They can put eight to nine guys in the box. Pete, I don't know if everyone knows this, the general public, maybe not true Giants and football fans know this, but a lot of teams run cover two against passing situations, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of teams that can run cover two with a strong four, right, a front four, and they can sit back in this passing coverage and stop the run. That's what's ideal if you can do something like that. Yeah, because you have your full complementing coverage and you stop the run with just your front. Right, and mm -hmm. then and then you you start moving guys in the box, your eighth man comes in the box, that's safety, maybe even a corner, or you have just somebody around the box. Now you're lighter in the passing, so you're as an offense, you look, that's an opportunity there that you could take advantage of. And the Giants, what you're saying, they really haven't done that. Yeah, they haven't those, capitalized on those full eight, nine-man boxes. Yeah, against those single-high safeties, Jonathan, you have the deep over route, which everyone uses against that, and the Giants just have not been able to get those going because of the A, the receivers, but also they have trouble protecting long enough yes. to have those long developing routes that go across the field develop. So that's why they've had trouble kind of reacting and adjusting to the fact that teams are taking Saquon away. Yep, yep. Shorthanded, man. Shorthanded. And it just, every week, there's like three, four, five guys on the injury report. Well, dude, there was a play, by the way, in last week, I think it was the third play of the game. Giants run, it was the first, second or third down. Giants run the play action pass. Daniel's back to throw, and they ran Slayton on the deep over route, wide freaking open. Mm. Here's the problem. Deron Payne's about to murder Daniel Jones. <laughs> so he has to tuck the ball, move, and by the time he's able to reset his feet to look down the field, he's not open anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's the type of stuff that's happening. Even when they try to run those plays to make teams pay, something else goes wrong and they can't execute. And, and you know what? And 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 I I tip my hat off to Daniel Jones. He's not really taking that many risks. And I think that's the reason why the Giants haven't been, like, terrible. No, that's why all these games are close. <laughs> because when you look at them and Correct. you look at the offense and you say, okay, you know, uh, literally a, a revolving door offensive lineman, uh, all the receivers that were slated to start at the beginning of the season are either hurt or not on the team or not playing right now for the Giants. And then Bellinger, who's, you know, coming back off an injury, you look at the Giants' offense and, and they don't, of course, they don't scare nobody, but like you, you like who is playing for them? Who is the receivers for the New York Giants? They don't, they're not fearful. They, they, they don't strike fear in anybody. And I say this again because I really think highly of him, and I feel like the Giants have to just do a better job in using him. Saquon scares people. He's the only one. But <clears throat> again, we say this again: if you can stock the box and add eight to nine, ten, and if the condensed formation have all eleven guys in the box. 
that basically takes away the best threat that the Giants have. Yeah, Jonathan, when the Giants are going to that three tight end package or the extra offensive lineman, teams have nine guys in there. They yeah. usually have one safety around 15 yards off the line of scrimmage, one corner outside and a lone wide receiver. Everyone Everybody's else is in, in the box. box. Right. Giving them respect that he deserves. You know, but I like same thing with Vilma said. I just think you gotta just force feed him, bro. Like Give him a couple carries and punt, you know, like if it doesn't work for you. Give him a couple carries and punt again, you know. Like, I, I like Daniel Jones throwing the football. I think he makes better decisions than he's ever did he's in his a, career. He's played well. I, I think he's actually an accurate, accurate quarterback. Mm-hmm. He throws the ball, I think, consistently well. Every now and again, he has an errant throw every now and again. But I think he's playing well. So I'm not saying take the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands. No, I just want Saquon to get the ball more. Not take the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands because I think he's making some good decisions. Or maybe have Daniel throw it to Saquon. (laughs) That's one one thing. Didn't he have 80 catches one year? Yeah, his first year. year, Yeah, right, 91 or something like that. All right, let's get back to the phones here. Cole, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, it's Cliff from New York. Cliff, what's up, pal? What's up, Cliff? Hey, thanks for the uh, thanks for the rundown, guys. Listen, I'm thinking uh, about the trenches. you know, the, the, the path to victory every week for everybody is uh, dominate uh, in the trenches on both sides. So, um, And that's what the Eagles do very, very well, Cliff, unfortunately. I know. <laughs> for, ten, for 10 years. For 10 years, going back to Andy yep. Reid, right. Hey, and, by, by and, the way, Cliff, uh, not for nothing, you want to know why Dallas and Philly have been the two best teams in this division the last 10 years? Look at their strength I on the offensive up. line and look at their strength on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Philly, right. more, Philly, so, Philly more on the defensive line than Dallas. Okay, so is there any chance that uh, Philly's DL is not any better than Washington's DL from last week? Mm. I think their overall talent's similar, they're but deeper. I think they're Philly's deeper. deeper. They're Correct. a lot deeper. You got it. Yeah. Philly's better? Okay. Does getting Bredesen back help? No, because I think Gates is still your starting left guard. I thought Gates played pretty well. And you can't, there. You, can't, you can't move Gates in place of Feliciano and put in Bredesen and be better off? Uh, I mean, I guess that's an option. I don't know how much that improves you, though, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, I don't know either. Okay, Gates okay. can play all over, well, I feel like, but I, I don't know. Like, like Bredesen Feliciano, it's kind of half one dozen of the they, other, They're right? trying different combinations of linemen, but none of them has really done that great of a job. I'm talking about the, the overall alignments that he has and the different guys that he plays. Their second half pass protection against Washington was actually pretty good. Yeah, they played. They played good. They yeah. just didn't make the plays at the end to secure a victory. Correct. You mean you mean our guys? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was getting at. You know, the the uh, the arrow's been pointing up since we the last couple of weeks because we started getting some people back. And my question was, well, how long did I have to be back before they're they're really up to par? And we saw that with Aziz. He made a great play, but I bet when he looked at the film, he saw lots of stuff that he knows he can do better because he was maybe too enthusiastic or his legs were even too yeah, fresh. Yeah, Cliff, he, 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 you're right. He was a little excited about getting upfield on some of those pass rushes that turned into running plays, and, yeah. and, and, and he did get caught out of position on a couple of runs. You're right about that. Okay. Well, um, uh, uh, who else was back? Oh, Bellinger was great, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he was fine. He did a good job. Moreau was back. Fabian, yeah, right. he did and, good. And, and Evan Neal, how did he do? Neil and Andrew Thomas. I mean, did they you, held did, it down, right? Did you no? hear? Did you hear Montez right. Sweat's name? You didn't really the hear the name, right? You don't no. hear the name. That's what so. I'm saying. No, I, I thought I thought both Neil and Andrew Thomas both played pretty well against Washington. All right. Well, look, uh, Saquon said recently. Uh, you know, earlier in the season, they knew that we wanted to run the ball, and it didn't matter. 
And, and I was wondering, it's because we really had something going with Neil and Bellinger in there, and that maybe these guys can really do a number, enough of a number. You know, I was looking for 150 yards rushing last week, and I didn't get it. And I, don't th- and I think if we had gotten 150, we might have won the game. I mean, it was, we, weren't, uh, it, 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 we, we, we were vastly improved, but, but it, it, it didn't look like it because Saquon still only had 60, and, and it took Daniel to get us over 100. Right. But, but, but um, I don't know. I, I, I think we have a shot. And what about on the other side? Uh, do we have enough of a front? Uh, especially with uh, the two edge guys together to make a difference. You know, I'm, I'm looking at, are we getting, c- coming into this three-game stretch, man, jeez. I mean, we, we were re- really looking a lot better going in, but were we good enough to win any of these three? You yeah, know? look, I, I think, the I think one, you don't know if Leonard Williams is going to be back this week coming off that stinger uh, last week. So that that's something you uh, should keep an eye on. I don't know if he's going to be ready. And... You know, I think the rest of the front will be fine. I'm more worried, to, to, to Jonathan's point earlier in the show, Cliff, I'm more worried about the secondary. You know, Dory's not going to play and McKinney's not going to play. That's and right. well, Who that, knows about Dory Holmes at the I shoulder? Had. I just don't know. Yeah. Well, we're looking at young guys that we want to see get reps because we want depth in the secondary even when Dory's back. Um, I mean, how did Flop do? I mean, how, how, how long does it take before reps make a difference in, in, when you're working in the defensive backfield? Uh, maybe you have a better chance to answer what, that did, than what I did do. he ask? In terms how, of how, how how once a guy gets back, how long does it take for them to kind of get enough reps to be kind of ready to hit the hit the field running and playing well? And if they're new guys, if they're rookies, you know, to, yeah, to, to be a <laughs> if they're rookies, it could take you, years. <laughs> you know, and and look, you know, the Giants are shorthanded, you know, and then they're playing practice squad guys, you know, undrafted free agents, you know, and they're asking them to hold up, and they're they're asking a lot, you know, that's a lot to do, especially against. A McLaurin, you know, he's he's one of the better young receivers in the NFL, you know. And now for the next few weeks, you're going to face really good receivers. You're going to face really good passing uh, threats, you know, like Jalen Hurts and, and A.J. Brown and and Smith this weekend. Like, look, the, the, the guy's just going to have to step up. But I really expect more from the defensive line because they're capable. And they have the star power. They have the draft picks on the defensive line. And those guys are healthy right now. So I expect the defensive line to really play lights out and give the Giants a a fighting chance to stay into this game. Because if the the game can stay close, the Giants have won games at the end of the game, especially in the first half of the season. The Giants were gritty. We talked about that a lot, first five, six weeks of the season. They're gritty. They're tough. They're fighters. And just like Dayball, I just had lunch with Dayball. Dayball's that way. Dayball is a smart, tough guy. Smart, tough guy has success. That's just what it is. I think I was a little tough at first, then I got smart, and I had a little success. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it works in the team. When your team is full of smart guys that are tough or tough guys that are smart, you'll have success. I think we have guys. I just don't know how many tough, smart guys they have on the team. I think in the defensive line, the defensive line room, though, I think there's a lot of guys there. I think you, Daniel Jones is a smart, tough guy, and I think you can see that by how he plays. And how he just absorbs hits for no reason. Like you got to be tough to just absorbs hits for no reason, Smelt. <laughs> I don't know, smart you are. You have to be tough. <laughs> tough, but not smart. Two zero one nine three nine four five one two. Just one thing on the Saquon thing too. The reason I think the numbers have gone down is that the big plays have gone down. You know, he had the sixty-eight yarder against Tennessee, and he had another forty-yarder in that game, if I recall. Right, that's how he got to one sixty-eight. He had a. 40-yarder against Green Bay. He had a 29-yarder against the Bears. He had a 36-yarder against the Cowboys. 
But then look at his long runs the last few weeks. His longest run against Seattle was 15. His longest run against Detroit was 4. His longest run against Dallas was 10. His longest run against Washington was 21 on that draw play. Yep. So you're just not getting those explosives that are kind of pumping up that number. And that's when the Giants, the Giants, like all NFL teams, score points when you get explosive plays. 100%. They're just not getting as yeah. many of them as they need to. All right, so we got 10 minutes here, Jonathan. we got three calls. I want to get to everybody. Let's do it. So let's do it. Call, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, John. Jonathan, it's Roy in Charleston. How Roy, are you guys? Up, what do you got, man? So, um, you know, I keep hearing that what we need to do is we need, we need to allow Saquon to go out to the edges because running, running up the middle is not working. Is that, is that plausible? Is that really plausible? Depending I mean, on the defense you're facing, for sure. I think they've tried to get him out to the edges, yeah. no? I mean, they, they had a pitch play in the second half last week yeah. that went for negative three yards, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It, yeah. it depends and on so, the speed of the defense that you're playing, of course, and where they're at interior-wise besides, like, the outside speed at linebacker. Yeah, remember this, too. Like, they could have an outside run called in the huddle, but then if Jones gets to the line, Jonathan, they see a linebacker has outside leverage in the or tight end. Kind of bring, or down. safety yep. comes down and is the outside leverage guy. Then they're like, well, we're going to get out of this play because it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, you think that's going to work against Philly? <laughs> we got to look. I don't know what's going to work against Philly, to be honest. I don't know what the <laughs> game plan is going to be. No, I'm serious. Look, man, this is a very, very talented team that the New York Giants are facing. They are eight and one, or nine and one, ten and one now. What are they? Ten and one? Uh, they are eleven and one. Something in one. Right? Something in one. I know that. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. week we're in yeah. right now, Schmuck. And and they're they're that record for a reason. We are game thirteen, week fourteen. They by the are, way, just right. I just hand. said we were in it's week okay. nine. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yep. They're that good, bro. Like they are that good. So the Giants have to come with an amazing game plan. Their first fifteen plays have to be on point, spot on point. They have to protect the football. They have to create turnovers. They have to be good on special team. They literally have to play a perfect game to walk out of the stadium and not get blown out. Do you come out throwing, Jonathan? Do you say we know they're going to focus on Saquon? Do we try to get him yes. out of that early? Yes, I would too. I would you go know, up top right away, yeah. right away. I'd like to. I'd like to see some slants, just a couple. You know, either, either uh, uh, James or Slayton. You know, just a couple of. You know, go down five, cut it, and and just just to pop off some yards. Anyway, but uh, my overall point is that. You know, you got to look at our team and go, way to go, man. They have been playing their hearts out. We got the backups to the backups to the backups. And I never would have thought where that we would be where we are That's fair. Uh, this season. So and yeah. I think I think and, and here's the thing. These guys, they are gritty and they play hard. So, you know, I keep hearing you know, uh, oh, who was it? It was Monday or somebody called in and he said, Oh, he's disappointed in Gable and disappointed in uh, um Who's calling our place for us? I Kafka. just dropped his name. Kafka. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You, you know they're they're doing a great job with what they've got to work with. They're finding the the they're finding the plays for the talent that they have. And damn it, you know I, I'm a, I'm glad I'm a Giants fan this season. So awesome. anyway, let's let's win it for the uh, against these Eagles and go Big Blue. Appreciate the call, man. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Next caller, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, double back, back-to-back calls from Charleston. It's Tim from Charleston. Tim, what's up? Shout out to Roy. Shout out to Roy. You got to come join me for a game at O'Brien's on James Island sometime. But uh, I got a couple of quick comments and then a question, kind of a statistical one. First of all, I agree with you guys that there is a path to victory. It's going to be very difficult. 
Um, and the one thing, and we, we, we've got to be at least plus two in turnovers in this game to have even a shot, I feel. We agree. With a couple of things I... A couple of things I'd like to see would be if we could get into the start of the fourth quarter down by no more than 10 or 11, at least we have a chance maybe. And then here's the thing. As Jonathan said, and he alluded to earlier, Vilma also said on the podcast, which is they got to stick with Saquon. They can't get away from him just because they're behind a bit and because the, the only chance is to keep pounding it and let him bust a couple of big plays. So even if we are down 10 or 11 in the fourth quarter, keep feeding Saquon the ball. Keep, you know, and, and hope the defense can come up with a big turnover or maybe something on special teams and do that. So, so that's, that's my comment on it. And my question is kind of a broad statistical one, um, uh, Schmelk. Because um, there's two Johns, so I use your last no, that's name. That's fine. Sorry. I like that. Um, <laughs> Dude, trust me. No, no one in this building calls me John. Everyone calls me Schmelk, so don't worry about it. And and we grew up in Brooklyn, where we all call we each all other. We all call our last each names. other by their last names. You're absolute hundred yeah. percent. You're right. You're right on it. You I was it. Foster my whole life, you know. Yeah, I get and you. Um, like the like the avenue. Um, and uh, the question, the thing I, ha- I I thought about, and it, since the off season, I've just never brought it up is. What I would like to see, and it may be out there, but I've never come across it, and I haven't heard anyone talk about it, which is we talk about third-down efficiency. We talk about third, all the different things. And the one thing I would like to see is teams, what percentage of their first downs overall come on first down or second down or third down? And Hmm. I would bet you, I would bet you that the teams that have the highest percentage of their first downs completed on first and second down Oh, are yeah. the most successful hundred percent, Tim. I don't even. I don't even have to look that up to tell you you're right. That is a hundred percent accurate statement. Yeah. The best offense is to never get into third down right. to begin with. <laughs> no, you're hundred percent right. You're you're but right yeah. on it. Hundred percent. Probably but, a great the, rushing the, team. Is that, is, is that number out there anywhere? Have you ever come across it? I haven't seen it with PPF or anyone no, else. No, I mean, I, I, I haven't seen it. I know Warren Sharp. I'm sure does a lot it is of stuff a stat that. though. It is a I'm stat sure for everything. And Tim, right. thanks for the call. Yeah, but look, yeah, it's a good point. That, and that's <clears> why, th- look, I, I'm a big proponent, generally speaking, of throwing on early downs because that's when the opponent's looking for the run. You could run play action, get guys running in the secondary a little bit. So, And that's when you get those first downs on early downs, right? So you don't have to get into third and long or even third and medium, and you can you know, be a little bit aggressive early. The problem is that if you don't, if you throw an incomplete pass on first down, then you're in second and ten. Yeah. Se- and from a defender standpoint, Jonathan, second and ten is what you want the offense to be. Yeah, for sure. And you got to be aware of screen and draw. Everybody yelling out, screen and draw, screen and draw, <laughs> screen and draw. But I, you know, his his point, he might have been talking about. I don't know who's leading the league in rushing, but it's probably one of those teams that leads the league in rushing. Right. If you're Philly, running the ball very well, efficiently on fifth. first and second down. Yeah. Um, who was leading the league? Not the Raiders, huh? In rushing, that's a good question. In rushing. I can look that up for you. Let me see. Not Tennessee. No, it's Baltimore? not Tennessee this year. That's total yards. Who's rushing yards? Chicago. Chicago. Oh, yeah, okay. Fields. Right, right, right. And then Atlanta, Mariota. Right. All these teams have rushing quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Baltimore, third. The Giants was up there, too, in the beginning of the yeah, season. Yeah, Giants were <clears throat> second, actually. Cleveland's fourth. They do it mostly with the traditional run game with Chubb, as he's just a, a man-child. Uh, Philly is fifth. And then the Giants are sixth. Dallas, seventh. And the Giants were what number two for a while, right? For for a a while, while. Mm -hmm. with the combination of Daniel Jones and and also Saquon. Yep. And then 
like you know, Daniel Jones have a lot of these quarterbacks too. These are not designed runs all the time. These are you know pull down, Correct. you know pass, mm-hmm. uh, you know pass attempts where they end up turning into rushing plays, and it's that decision making that I feel like set the good quarterbacks away from the not so good quarterbacks. Daniel Jones in years prior, I don't think he was a good quarterback. I think now he's a good quarterback now because he's making better decisions than he's ever done. And I think you see that more and more and more because now you're looking at these games and you're like, man, Daniel Jones played pretty well in the loss. Daniel James played pretty well in the tie. You know, like you're you're looking at Daniel Jones and you see improvement. So my thing is, we talk about Daniel Jones in the future. I don't want to do it so early because you got a lot of games to play. Mm -hmm. But I think that he showed that he's capable enough to handle to play in New York or New Jersey, however you want to look at it in front of this media, in front of this attention that they get in, in, in like almost like a tumultuous type of environment with no real talent at the wide receiver and yeah. offensive line position. And he has... And then not, not talent, security at offensive line and talent at wide receiver. That's Elite players, yeah, 100%. Right. Look, and I'll, I'll say this. Daniel Jones has proven a couple things this year to me. One, he's shown he can stay healthy. He hasn't missed not any games. Big step for him. Now he's battled through some injuries, but he hasn't missed any games. That's the most important thing. Two... He's shown that he's not going to lose games for you. Right. Daniel Jones has not been the reason the Giants have lost these games, generally. Maybe he had the one game where he threw a couple of the picks, which picks. he didn't like. Yep. Yeah. But still, he has not really <clears throat> been the reason the Giants have lost. The, the last thing, though, that I still think, Jonathan, he still needs to show a little bit of, can he put the team on his back and lead you to a victory? Now, based on what's around him, I don't think that's possible this year. So it's not a criticism. He just hasn't been put in the position with this offense, with this coaching staff. And now he did a little bit his rookie year. You know how well he played as a rookie. But he hasn't been asked to do that on a big stage with talent around him yet. Not his fault. He hasn't been put in the position to do that. But before he's, you know, a $45 million quarterback, I think that's what you want to see, right? Yeah, and and just offensively, when you look at the talent they have at that receiver position in the offensive line, it's like I don't even know if that's possible for him to be in a situation that he could. Not this year, it's not. You know what I mean? No. Like I don't even know if he can get into that situation where it's like, all right, it's all on Daniel Jones. He has to do it. I don't even know if he's going to be able to get the ball off. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to be able to make those throws down the field. And if he is, if he's clean, then who is he throwing the ball to? You know. So it's like <clears throat> he's done a lot with a little. I, I love the way he's playing this year, especially because the lack thereof at the wide receiver position and the inconsistency upon the O-line with, with play and with health and injuries and all that good stuff. And look, I, I, I wasn't a big fan of Daniel Jones throughout his career, but I'm believing him more now, especially after watching a couple of losses from the Giants and looking like, okay, that's not Daniel Jones' fault the way they're losing some of these games. So I think Daniel Jones is a very vital piece for the New York Giants, and the success of the Giants will have to go through him, especially this year. All right, final call of the show. Cole, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Caller going once. Caller going twice. Oh, well, at least we got to end on time then. Last time, three, two, and goodbye. We get a note some each week, and they list like rankings for the teams. And I'm just looking at these Eagles ranks on offense, on defense. Green is good. Um, <laughs> a lot of green. Total third, sec- scoring second. This is offense. Rushing fifth, third down fourth, turnovers best, red zone second best, big plays top. Defense, total defense second, passing defense first, sack second, turnovers best, yards per play the best, turnover differential best. <laughs> 
Tomorrow, Big Blue Kickoff Live is back. Tatino and Meadow will get you ready for Giants and Eagles. They'll continue to take your Man. calls. Hopefully, Pearson will be back. For Jonathan Casillas, I am John Schmelk. Thanks for being with us on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Go to Giants.com slash tickets to find your seats for Giant games, and make sure you go download the Giants TV streaming app. We'll see you next time, everybody.